0: Lesson nine, breadth of vision. There's a rule in life that if you don't grow, you stagnate or you diminish. You can't stand still. And so it's very important always to try to seek beyond whatever it is that you are doing or thinking to a greater reality. Many organizations, many endeavors, bog down because the vision becomes limited, becomes narrow, and therefore gradually sort of dies out. It loses its inspiration. To be magnetic in your leadership, you have to have a flow of energy. And to have that flow of energy, you have to continuously grow. And to grow, you must always be looking beyond your present horizons. It's like somebody who went into the forest and used to Collect wood and sell it in the in the marketplace for firewood for cooking, and somebody said, "But if you go a little bit further, you'll find uh, you'll find precious semi-precious stones, so he went a little bit further and he found that there were stones there, and he was selling those and making more money when somebody said, But if you go even further, you'll find diamonds and He went further and found diamonds. never be satisfied with whatever level." of accomplishment you've already achieved. But always know that the horizons are unlimited, they are infinite. And if you keep on expanding your consciousness, your expectations, your talents and abilities, you will find that you too can grow to infinity. So breadth of vision, the leader should not be so locked into one particular line of thinking that uh, everybody gets sucked into that. He has, by his own position, a natural need to broaden his vision, his understanding, to include the different areas in which other people function. A leader has to be somebody who's got an overview of everything. One way to have breadth of vision is to listen to everybody, to be aware of what their needs are, what what they're trying to uh, accomplish, what their problems are, what their dreams are. You begin by uh, virtue of the fact of being a leader and having to do things therefore to a large extent through others, you begin also to live in them, and that too is a broadening experience. But always try to feel, no matter what it is that you do, not that it's not enough, huff, puff, I've got to do more and more, I don't mean it like that, but always to see what the implications are in anything that you are are uh, attempting or, or accomplishing. Because in everything, the meanings are... are you can po- quite possibly explain the whole universe in terms of any particular point at which you start because the universe is center everywhere, circumference nowhere. You start to explain it in relation to this and you'll see everything explainable in relation to this tiny little point. Come over here to another point, you'll see everything explainable in terms of that point. That's why people get the idea that uh, they're so uh, they're so right in whatever they think because they've explained everything in terms of some little dogma. But what they don't see is that that's only one out of an infinity of centers. And that's why different cultures come along with completely different viewpoints of life. And we, in our 20th century scientific whatever pride, think that, well, ours is right and they were wrong. But that's not necessarily so. Each one can be right in its own context. So what we need to do is look for the deeper meaning, or the broader meaning, or the broader possibilities in every little thing that we are doing and that way our vision will keep on growing as a consequence to the point where it includes all sorts of things that nobody ever dreamed of before. It reminds me of a debate between uh, a man of the uh, more Western kind of training where He saw everything in terms of either this or that. That's our Western heritage, that we tend to think that a thing must mean one thing. And an Indian who had the concept that truth can be explained in many, many different ways. The Westerner considered his skill to lie in the fact that he could give a particular point one clear definition that satisfied him. The the Easterner satisfied himself by being able to come up with 85 different interpretations of that one point, different points of view. The subtlety in this second way of looking at things is actually and self-evidently much greater. Well, a leader has to be more of that type. Otherwise, what he'll find is that whatever project he's engaged in, whatever companies he's uh, founding, or directing, or working within, whatever his aspect uh, is touched by his own energies, will tend to become more and more focused, but also more and more limited. And, of course, one problem with that is that if new realities come along, he can no longer handle them, whereas the forward-looking and the broader-based uh, leader will be able to adjust to new realities, as they come along, but in fact, a true leader creates those realities. He doesn't just respond to other people's discoveries. He comes up with new ideas. When people come up and they come to him and say, "Look, this isn't possible. This is this is the uh, uh, all these reasons make this thing not not feasible," he steps back a little bit and thinks, "Well." All right, from those points of view, yes, but is there another? Is there another way of looking at it? And suddenly he can find that there is a different way of uh, approaching the same problem. Leaders being solution-oriented have the magnetism in that consciousness to uh, see possibilities where other people don't. But it's only a mind bent. It's not that they have a particular uh, intelligence that other people don't have. Anybody can develop that mind bent. If you can school your mind to look for opportunities where other people merely see facts, look for further meanings where other people are satisfied with the definition that's already been given them, or they've already managed to uh, create, look for further uh, further things that can be done. See in the present a symbol of the future. See in the in the thing that's here a symbol of the whole universe, and you'll be really quite amazed at the possibilities that even now stare us all in the face, but we just don't see them. You know, at the end of the last century, there was a senator in Washington who quite seriously proposed closing the patent office. His reason was that everything that could possibly be invented already has been invented. And yet, the world we live in now, toward the end of the 20th century, shows us almost nothing that has come down to us from those times. Yes, a few books we read, the language we speak, that sort of thing, but the, uh, uh, those things that we consider completely natural, like uh, cars, airplanes, refrigeration, video, radio, you, you could, could name the list, it would be infi- infinite. All of those things have come in this century because a few people, uh, one at a time perhaps, but each one in his own time began to think, well maybe this is possible, maybe that's possible. The doorways to infinity are many, and through each of those doorways you enter not just a room, but the whole universe. Have breadth of vision, think big, and you'll be able to accomplish big things. And not only that, But in that big thinking, you'll have the kind of magnetism that will also create great ideas and great inspirations.